How do you see this old world? Oh, how do you soak it all in? Oh, where did you come from and why are you here? And what does it all really mean? Am I just here to make money? Or die in the vain quest for peace? How can I find out if there's truth in the world? Or shall I just live as I please? I've been told that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only life worth living here today. I've been told that Jesus is the truth that all the world needs to know. The one in whom consists all things is the one who loves me so. Follow your heart and your feelings is all my friends seem to believe. There has to be more than this earth has in store before this shell ceases to breathe. Could it be Christ is my Savior? He's proven himself in the past. By walking on water and raising the dead, ascending triumphant at last. Now I know that Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only life worth living here today. Now I know that Jesus is the truth at all. Psalm 146, 8 and 9. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 31 gives us kind of a summary statement of Jesus' ministry, up to that point at least. And it says, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. I want us to, this morning, in the course of this video, just kind of take a look at one of these miraculous healings. And I want us to see how Jesus cares so much about each and every one of us and how he takes the time for each individual. I want us to look through eyes of faith. In fact, the story that we're going to be looking at comes from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, if you want to be following along in your own Bible. But in Mark 10, I believe that this story shows us a wonderful example of a verse that we actually see from the book of 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the statement is made, For we live by faith, not by sight. What would that look like if that's actually how we lived our lives? Well, I think this story shows us. So let's take a look at it together. 
Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. I want us to look at this man, this man called Bartimaeus, and I want us to learn a few lessons from him. And let's see the type of person that he was, the type of example that he was for us. But first off, let's see, what do we actually know about him? So I want you to think about that. What do we know about Bartimaeus? Well, the first thing that is pretty obvious is that he is blind. When you look at verse 46, you find out that actually he's said to be a blind man even before we get his name. It says that a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. So even before we get who he is, we see that he is a blind man. Now, isn't it very interesting that in the Gospels, oftentimes blind people are able to see Jesus clearly? Now, I don't think it's by accident. I think each one of the gospel writers intended for us to see that, to be able to realize, look, these people who are blind, for starters, once they encounter Jesus, like this man, we see that in verse 52, immediately he received a sight. Once they encounter Jesus, they can see, you know, and that's, of course, speaking about physically. But, you know, spiritually speaking, they show us that example about how we are called to live by faith not by our sight. But this man, of course, like just about anybody else in the same situation, I mean, if you're blind, of course you want to see. And in verse 51, whenever Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? He responds, Rabbi, I want to see. Now, I can relate a whole lot to this, you know, because I guess I've kind of got this, I don't necessarily expect this to happen, but I've kind of got this unrealistic um, idea that that you know what would happen if I were to be uh, become blind at, at some point and I don't know you know of course I, I wear glasses and you know as the years have have gone on um, yes I've had to get a, a stronger um, prescription to be able to see clearly um, and you know I, I couldn't even imagine just living my life all the time of like if I have to take my glasses off and, and living my life just being able to see like that but yet I mean I can still see enough to be able to get around but I, I do have this concern. What if I couldn't see? Well, even if I couldn't physically see, just like this man, he is blind. He, he can't see. But yet, he can see through eyes of faith. He can see Jesus very, very clearly. So perhaps we can learn about this blind Bartimaeus guy. That we can see that maybe he can see better than many of us at first can. So what else do we know about him? Okay, so we know that he is blind. We also see that he is begging. Now, once again, it's kind of right there you get this um, in the same sentence that introduces who he is. At least this time what we see is we are told what his name is, and then we see that he was sitting by the roadside begging. 
Now, let me tell you a few interesting things that appear in this story that sometimes are kind of, so to speak, literally lost in translation. I do like, though, how in the NIV they've tried to bring back some of these things. For example, let me go into a little bit of detail about this roadside that's mentioned here, or this road. Well, in verse 46, he is sitting by the roadside. Uh, well, this makes sense for a person who's begging, of course. He's sitting there because people are going to be passing along that road. They're going to and fro, and whenever they go, he cries out to them, and he, he asks for some money, you know, something or, or whatever. That's how he's going to be begging. It makes sense that that's where he's at. So, yes, it's just a normal part of the story. However, when you combine verse 46 to what you read in verse 52, notice that at the end it says, Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now, it's the same word, or at least the same root word, that's used here in verse 52 that's used in 46. So this man who starts off in this story, he's sitting beside the road. By the end of the story, he is now on the road with Jesus, following him. And that is something so important and so powerful to this story. Because this man who was just by the road ends up following Jesus on this road. We also find out a few more things uh, kind of mentioned here about how much he's willing to, to uh, give up and follow Jesus. In verse 50, it says that he was throwing his cloak aside. Okay, think about it and recognize what's going on here. Um, this cloak, um, I'm not, I don't pretend to be an expert on kind of the, the type of, of clothes that they wore during this time. But as I understand it, a cloak was a very important part of your clothing. It would be kind of that outer garment, the one that would keep you warm at night, if perhaps that's what you needed. And in this case, it's been suggested by what I could gather from, from uh, other people who are more experts than I am in this. Uh, they said that likely what he's doing with that cloak is he's, he's spreading it out, and that's kind of the mat that he's sitting on in order to beg whenever people come by. So that's, that's kind of an important thing that's sort of everything about him. It's, it's kind of some of the few uh, possessions that he likely uh, has is this cloak. So the fact that in verse 50, it says that he's throwing his cloak aside. Keep in mind, he's a blind man. Now, I'm not trying to, to make fun of him, but when you throw something away and you're blind, what do you think the odds of you being able to find it are again? And also in this crowd that, that he's a part of, the crowd has already rebuked him and they, they already have kind of gotten on to him a little bit. So I don't know how many people are going to help him. I, I, I don't know exactly, but we do see that what he does is he throws that cloak aside. It's almost as if what he's doing is he's just completely turning over everything and fully trusting in Jesus. Because notice, he throws that cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. That's immediately what he does. We can learn something about this begging individual because, yes, he starts off begging by the roadside, but then he throws everything aside and he comes, he gets up, jumps up, follows Jesus, and he continues to follow Jesus along that road. There's a lot we can learn and a lot that I believe that we just kind of overlook within this story. But this is what he's willing to do. What else do we know about him? Well, perhaps there's a few other things that we could list, but one other thing that I want us to see. Of course, we see he is blind, he is begging, but then we see he began to shout. Uh, notice the, the shouting and kind of calling out that's used in this passage. We see in verse 47, 
that what's stated right there is that when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, how did he respond to that? How did he respond to that information? Well, he began to shout. But notice what he's shouting. He's saying Jesus, which of course is just the name of Jesus, okay? But then he says, son of David. Well, because he's saying son of David, yes, he's, he's the descendant of David. But that phrase, son of David, it's showing his faith in God. It's showing that he believes that Jesus is this Messiah, this son of David who is going to redeem the world, who is going to help Israel. And what he's asking specifically right here in verse 47 is, have mercy on me. That's this call, this cry of faith that this man is shouting out. That's where we see his faith. We see it in verse 47 by the statement, son of David, have mercy on me. But then uh, notice some other things that happen here. So he began to shout in verse 47, but how did the crowd respond? Well, in verse 48, they rebuked him. They told him to be quiet. Okay, so they're kind of calling out to him and, and saying, be quiet, you know, and they're trying to push him out of the way because they're thinking perhaps Jesus has more important things to do, or maybe they're thinking, I want to see Jesus. We don't know what they're thinking, but they rebuked him. They didn't want him to be kind of the center of attention in all of this. But in verse, verse 47, how did he respond to that? Well, they rebuked him, but he's already been shouting. And now we see, but he shouted all the more. He's not going to let people silence him. We see that what he's doing is he's going to shout all the more. What is he shouting? Same thing. Son of David, have mercy on me. He is crying out to Jesus for this mercy. He knows Jesus can heal him. That's why he requests and says, Rabbi, I want to see. He knows what Jesus is capable of doing. And he's, he's willing to, to call out and to be able to receive that blessing. Now, I want you to also kind of follow not just the word shout in here, but notice calling back and forth. So the blind man shouts out, Bartimaeus. He shouts out first. Then we see the crowd rebukes him and tries to keep him quiet. But he shouts all the more. But then notice what happens in verse 49. This is Jesus. Don't you, don't you love his reactions here? He responds and he says, call him. So they are told to call um, this, this blind man. So that's what they did. Likely the very ones who were trying to quiet him are now saying, well, Jesus is calling you. So we got to do something about this. You know, you need to respond. And that is what happens. Jesus himself is calling this man. We see that his faith has been there all along and he has this conversation with Jesus. We see that he receives his sight. But that statement right before he receives his sight in verse 52, go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. That's the faith that we see that this man has. We see that this man has a wonderful amount of faith. Now, that, of course, comes back to in, in what we see here in verse four, uh, 51. And perhaps I got those a, a little bit out of order, but it, it makes sense. You can maybe reverse this part in, in your mind if that makes a little bit more sense to you. This question, I, I want us to focus on Jesus calling him and Jesus talking with him with this question. The question that Jesus asked him was, what do you want me to do for you? Now, at first that seems, okay, that's just a regular question, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is. But you know, you've actually seen Jesus ask this very same question. Uh, last week, in fact, we look at the story right before this in just a few verses in the same chapter. Uh, Jesus has already looked at his disciples, you know, the apostles, James and John. 
And he said to them, you know, what do you want me to do for you? Pretty much exactly the same question that he's got right here. Now, in that case with James and John, it was a selfish reply. They wanted to be honored. They wanted a, a nice seat in the coming kingdom and, and everything. But this man, he doesn't have so bold of, of statements. What he wants is he wants to be able to see. And because his faith, we see that Jesus says, you can have your sight. He received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. We can learn so much from Bartimaeus. We can, we can see that he was able to, through eyes of faith, be able to encounter Jesus and have this wonderful experience. So as we look at this passage, I want you to just take a few moments with me and try to imagine this working out from the different perspectives. Now, I know this is really kind of the only passage that we've been looking at and kind of working our way through it, but I want you to imagine it from Bartimaeus's point of view for just a moment. Think about it. I mean, he's a man who he doesn't have hardly anything. He's just sitting by the roadside. He's just trying to to get the just enough to make ends meet. That's what he's just kind of begging right there. And we see that Jesus, son of David, he had mercy on him and allowed him to be able to see. Could you imagine the life change that that would be in Bartimaeus's life? Now, I want you to also kind of go through this again and, and reimagine this scenario from the crowd's viewpoint. In verse 48, we don't get a whole lot from what the crowd does, except we see they rebuked him and told him to be quiet. That's how the crowd was. Do we ever respond like that? You know, have you ever had an experience when you have been around somebody who perhaps is just so excited because they just learned something about maybe the gospel message or something like that. You know, sometimes people get really excited whenever they hear the good news. And then sometimes we Christians who have been Christians like forever, seemingly, for all of our lives, or, you know, we've we've heard this story before. To us, we might say, oh, well, you know, you need to kind of keep it down. Maybe not get quite so excited about that. Could, could you imagine how this crowd was? And think about it. And I think sometimes... We are similar to this crowd. Now, also what the crowd did, notice that they they also were told by Jesus to, to call the blind man and say, Jesus wants to speak with you. And, and that's, that's what happens. That, that amazing miracle happens. Now, I want you to, to finally just kind of reimagine this same scenario. But this time, I want you to try to imagine it through Jesus's eyes. And I want you to think about how he was able to, to answer this call of faith that one of his children was crying out to him, calling him and praising him, the son of David, and asking for mercy, asking for sight. And he is the type of guy who's going to be faithful. He's the type of guy who's going to follow Jesus. And Jesus, I hope that we can kind of see the example that he gives us on how we should treat people. And how we should view the world, if you will. Can we see what is truly happening right here? Can we see the way that Jesus saw? And can we follow Jesus along the road? That's what Bartimaeus did. And I think that's the call that we all have been given. Can we answer that call? Can we follow along with Jesus down this pathway? Wherever he might lead us, will we follow? I stood gazing at the mountain, refreshed by the falling rain.
Shake his talented.